The text for this afternoon's worship service comes from Lord's Day 49. You can find Lord's Day 49 on page 562 of your book of praise. Lord's Day 49, question and answer 124. Here we read, what is the third petition? Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That is, grant that we and all men may deny our own will and without any murmuring obey your will. For it alone is good. Grant also that everyone may carry out the duties of his office and calling as willingly and faithfully as the angels in heaven. The sermon I am about to read this afternoon comes from the hand of Reverend Stephen Tehart, minister of the Free Reformed Church in Baldwis, Western Australia. After the sermon, we will sing standing from hymn 63, stanza four. Congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, what do, you, what do we mean? What is God's will? And what is God's will for me in this life and in my situation? Many Christians tend to treat the discovering of God's will for their lives as a bit of a treasure hunt. God has a special plan for my life, they say. And my job is to find out what that plan is. Once I discover what that special plan is, then I will live according to God's will and all will be good. And those who think this way will often base this on Jeremiah 29, verse 11, which says, quoting from the NIV, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope for the, and a future. That's a great Bible verse, by the way, to be understood in the context of God's promise to Israel when they were in exile in Egypt that after 70 years, he would bring him back to Jerusalem. But then the Bible verse is seen, as, is seen to be a blanket promise for prosperity and for good life, hope, and a future, so long as you find out what God's special plan for you really is. But what a sad way this would be to live our lives. How uncertain and anxious would would be if we were always trying to figure out what God's special plan, his will for us was, and never really knowing if we got it right. Brothers and sisters, when we pray to the Lord, your will be done, we are not asking God to help to us to discover his plan for our lives, but rather as we confess in Lord's Day 49, we are praying that we and all men may deny our own will, and without any murmuring, Obey your will, for it alone is good. We are not called to, dis to discover special signs to learn God's will, but rather we are called to obey what he has revealed to us in his holy word, the Bible. And that is what I wish to preach to you this afternoon as we consider the third petition of the Lord's Prayer. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I preach to, to you the word of God under the following themes and points. The Lord reveals to us his will, and he calls us to pray that we might do it. In the first place, we will hear God's will, and in the second place, obey God's will. So how does God make his known will 
his will known to you today? Have you ever heard someone say something like, God has sent me to live here, or God has told me to take some time off to take a holiday, or God has told me to start a new job? Some people speak with such conviction that this is, the, this is what God told me to do, and some are even able to tell you verbatim that God exactly, what God exactly said. What are we to think about this? How does God reveal his goodwill to us? How can I be sure that I am following his will and not my own? In the Old Testament, God spoke to people in dreams. There was the Urim and the Thummim. There were the seers or prophets. There was the written word of God, and God spoke directly to people. But what about today? Does he have a special message for each one of us individually that we need to follow in order to obey his goodwill for our life? How does God let his will be known to us today? Some people practice that we could call, that we could call a mechanical way to discover God's will. When they are faced with a dilemma or they want to know God's will for a certain situation, they will open up the Bible and either pick the verse that they first set their eyes on or read parts of the Bible until a particular verse hits them in a special way. This then is, a, is God's me- special message for their situation. But the Lord does not give us his word to use in this way. And the problem is that the Bible text may be taken out of context. Others will speak about hanging out the fleece, which is the reference of how Gideon put the fleece to receive put out a fleece to receive a sign from the Lord that he should fight against the Midianites and would win. Based on Gideon's request for a sign, many Christians will seek special signs from the Lord for direction or confirmation for a decision to be made. But the Lord did not say that we ought to follow Gideon in this manner, nor will he give a special sign for every decision we need to make. Another perhaps more popular approach is discerning God's will is to, is to listen to his still, small voice. That idea comes from 1 Kings 19, verse 12. When God spoke to Elijah, he was not in the wind, the earthquake, or the fire, but he spoke in a small, still voice. The idea then is to put all other thoughts out of your mind and quietly wait for the Lord to speak to you. And tying this into 1 Samuel 3, where the Lord calls Samuel, it is appropriate to say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And then through this method, God will give you feelings or intuitions, or hopefully he will even speak in a clear, audible voice. And then you are well on your way to discovering God's secret will for your life. And so you will prosper in all your ways. However, the catechism does not give us such a lesson on how to discern the will of God. The catechism sticks to what is confessed in Article 7 of the Belgian Confession. We believe that this Holy Scripture fully contains the will of God and all that man must believe in order to be saved is sufficiently taught therein. This means since the Bible fully contains God's will, we do not need to, or more strongly, we should not seek special signs and omens or a direct revelation from God so that we can discern God's will and act accordingly. 
All we need to know regarding God's will for our lives can be, find in, can be found in the pages of the Bible. But what then can we say about seeking God's will for our lives? When we talk about our will and God's will, we need to make some distinctions. So first of all, we need to distinguish between God's mind and our minds. In Romans 11 verse 34, the Apostle Paul asks, asks in wonderment, for who has known the mind of the Lord or who has become his counselor? What we need to understand is that we are human and God is not. And when we compare our human smallness to God's greatness, then we cannot even pretend to begin to understand the full mind of God. And from that, it follows that, that we will not fully understand what is in God's will for what will happen in our lives. And that brings us to another distinction. We must distinguish between the secret or concealed will of God and the revealed will of God. The secret will of God has to do with his providence, with the way he governs and directs the world. We do not know who God has elected from eternity. We do not know why the tower fell in Siloam in the days of Jesus that killed 18 people. We do not know why HIV AIDS is decimating sub-Saharan Africa. We do not need to know why this one was killed in a car accident or that one suffered at the hands of, abu of an abusive uncle. God has not promised to reveal those things to us. We cannot comprehend the mind of God. God has not promised to reveal those things to us. We cannot comprehend the mind of God. And it is not for us to pry into these matters, nor wait for someone, for some still small voice to let us know what we are, what God is thinking. An old heresy that was already there in the time of the New Testament is the belief that there is some sort of secret to unlock, some sort of key to find that we can understand the mind and will of God. And if only we could work out what that key was, if only we could discover how he could speak to us today like man to man and to let me know what is God, on God's mind and what he wants to do. And then I would know and understand God's special plan for, God's special plan, his will for my life. And then I will need to prosper and all will be well. But what does Deuteronomy 29 verse 29 say? The secret things belong to God, the Lord our God, but those things that are revealed belong to us and our children forever, that we may do all the, that the word, sorry, that we may do all that the word of this law. There is a distinction. The secret will of God is secret. We do not know and we do not need to know it but he has given us his revealed will, the words of the law. The third petition, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This will, this will of God is not his secret will. The God has that what God has decided does and will happen. Rather, it refers to God's revealed will, what he has already told us and commanded us to do. In Colossians 1 verse nine, the apostle Paul prays, that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. What does it mean to be filled with the knowledge of his will? To have that small, still small voice speak to you, 
to have a dream, to receive some special revelation from the Lord? No, says verse 10. It is the way that you walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every, every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. That is God's will for your life. The way we discern what is the will of, of God for our life is to be filled with the knowledge of God as he has revealed to us in his word. It is God's word that teaches us what the Lord's will is for each of us. It is the Holy Spirit that makes it clear to us what God's will is, and he works that in us through the preaching of his word. God's good will has been revealed to us has been revealed to us in his word, and we pray thy will be done. We are praying that through the power of the Holy Spirit who dwells in us, we might obey the will of God as it is already given to us in the Bible. But what about those texts in the Bible that are used to promote the need to hear God's voice speaking to us directly? Gideon putting out the fleece in Judges 6, Samuel praying in 1 Samuel 3, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And 1 Kings 19, where God speaks to Elijah in that still small voice. Don't teach us that there must be more. There, that there is a key, a way to discover more, to learn how God wants me to live our life. No, they do not. The mistake that people make when they use these verses to promote a method to discern God's will is that they confuse the facts of the, of the history of salvation as given to us in the Bible with the commands in which God tells us how we must live and act. Samuel was set apart for that special purpose. The word of the Lord was, a rare, was rare in those days, and there was no widespread revelation. Samuel wasn't trying to channel his spirit to be in tune with God so that he might receive some, some special message from the Lord. He was asleep. But in that time and place in history of salvation, God spoke to Samuel, and Samuel, in turn, humbly told the Lord that he was ready to hear the word spoken to him and that he would receive it as the word of the Lord. In the same way, 1 Kings 19 was never intended to teach us that God will speak directly to us in that still small voice, just as Exodus 20 does not teach us that God will speak to us through thunder, lightning, a smoking mountain, and a sound of the trumpet. And that fleece that Gideon put out is not a lesson in how we must ask for a sign from the Lord to tell us which way to turn. Rather, it is a message to Gideon that God had the power to save his people from the hand of Midian. These events of Gideon, Samuel, and Elijah are all facts, things that happened in the history of salvation. They are not a blueprint for how the Lord will speak to us today. In fact, the New Testament teaches us that the normal, ordained way for God to speak to us by his Spirit is through the words and the sacraments. So these, are not, so these are not ways to understand God's will for our lives. But there are times in our lives, particularly times when we need to, to make a large life-changing decision that we, really do not want, that we really do not want to know what God's will is so that we can follow it. And there are some questions to ask that 
there are some questions to ask that will help you make godly decisions. For example, is it lawful? Does the Bible forbid it? You obviously do not have to ask if you should marry or date an unbeliever. The Bible is clear about that. In, in cases such as that, accept the answer that God has already given you in his word. Another question is, is it wise? Is it helpful? Is it, is it a good use of resources? Will it build you and others up in the service of the Lord? And another question, will it open me up to temptation? If you move somewhere to take a particular job or go to certain places, will it encourage you to walk with the Lord or will it place you in a spiritually dangerous place? Another question is, will it hinder, hinder or serve my main purpose or goal in life to live for the glory of God's name? And then there are further questions to consider, such as your God-given gifts, where the, the need is, what you like to do, whether, the doors, whether or not the door is open for you to do what you wish to do. So these questions can help you make a decision in conformity with God's will. But I'd like to point you to something more basic than that. God's will, his perfect will, for your life has been revealed. It is, the, it is this, to live in faithfulness to the covenant God established with us and so love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. And in that, of course, is the command to worship the Lord your God in the manner that he has revealed in his word. There is no treasure hunt here, no desperate searching to discover the will of God, no being trapped in a circle of waiting for God to speak, to speak but never being quite sure if he really did, if he really did speak to you or, or not. It is simply an acceptance of the word of God as he has revealed to us and the acceptance that all decisions we make in life must be in the agreement of that word. That brings us to our second point, obey God's will. The prayer your will be done is one of the things that makes the Christian religion stand out from most other religions. The reason why most pagans pray or sacrifice to their God is to, is to manipulate the gods to follow the will of their own desires of the person praying. When we pray, however, we ask that our will be brought out in line of, with God's will. This is not a natural thing to do. By nature, we hate God and our neighbor. By nature, we rebel against God's will. As Christ said to the Jews in John 8, verse 44, you are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. Now thanks be to God, we have received a new nature in Christ. We have been set free from, the sin, from sin and become slaves to God. But what, it, what we now have is two natures, an old nature that still clings to us and a new nature. And for as long as we are in this life, the sinful desires of the old nature will arise in our hearts in conflict to the desires to obey the will of God as willingly and faithfully as the angels in heaven. For as long as we are in this life, our selfish will and desires will be in conflict with God's revealed will for my life. 
and to overcome that struggle and willingly obey God's will, we need the Holy Spirit to teach through his word what his will is for us. And that is a process that requires work. In some ways, it would be easier if we had had a direct intercom service with God and were where he spoke directly to us and told us plainly that we should do what we should do with our lives. But this is not the way God planned it to be. Remember Colossians 1 verse 9, we do not cease to pray for you and to ask you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. The knowledge of God's will is clearly knowing his revealed will, the manner in which we must live. That outlined in the Bible and through the work of the Holy Spirit, it becomes clear to us. But this is not just knowledge. Paul also prays for wisdom and spiritual understanding. This knowledge of of God's will is not some theoretical head knowledge of the Bible. Even Satan has that. And nor is it a collection of secret knowledge or keys where we can unblock some code of the Bible to let us enter the mind of God and discover just what his will for me is in a specific situation. Rather, this knowledge is an understanding of the gospel, how God has redeemed us to a new life in Jesus Christ, how God has chosen us to be a people after his own heart, how God called us to belong to him, to follow him, to obey him, to praise him, and glorify him. And with that knowledge of his revealed will, God gives us wisdom so that we might learn to discern and make decisions that agree with his will and glorify him. So what do you need to do in order to learn to obey God's will for your life? Learn about, learn about God and his will by studying his word. No, do not pull out individual texts out of their context and think that somehow God has mysteriously told you exactly what to do. And also do not simply read the Bible at mealtimes and then put it aside, failing to ask what it has to say about the decisions you make in life. There is something to be said about being quiet before the Lord, to put the busyness of life aside and all those thoughts that compete to crowd out God's word from your mind. Ponder and reflect deeply on the word and wrestle with decisions in prayer. And in this way, we will walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him. Everything, everything we do and every decision we make will be in harmony with our, the new relationship we have with God. So what then is God's will for your life? What should you be doing? It is simply this, trust God, love him and serve him and love your neighbor as yourself and hallow God's name directing your whole life so that his name is honored and praised and and be ruled by God's word and spirit so that more and more you submit to him. And by doing this, you will obey the will of God as it has been revealed to you in his word. And the better 